Hi, everyone, and welcome to Just Watch It. Every time you do that pause, I think you're waiting for me to say it. I, I kind of wait to see, like, if you'll chime in and do it together, but we are not doing this on, like, Zoom, so we can't see each other, so it just has to, one of these days, it'll happen naturally. Yeah, certainly not today. <laughs> well, um, that's Andrea Tomlinson. Yeah, and that's Lori Bopolison. And today we're excited to talk to you about Die, Die Hard. <laughs> we tried. <laughs> and in that millisecond of silence, I was like, oh, she's doing the thing again. She wants me to jump in. Y'all, I expected it to be in two weeks that I had to try that again. <laughs> <laughs> One step closer. We're so in sync this week. <laughs> bye, bye, bye. Well, Andrea, how have you been? What's, what's going on in the world? As the world crumbles around us, anything fun? Um, I'm being very productive in terms of video games that I haven't played in a while that I'm trying to finish. <laughs> I just um, made yeah. some of my um, some of my my famous cookies, the chocolate chip ones that I haven't I, made for you. I don't think were the recipes funny. in the Crocker cookbook. <laughs> It's funny that you made them because my famous chocolate chip cookies are the ones from the back of the Toll House package. We're going to have to do a blind cookie tasting. Mine's going to stomp you. <laughs> okay. I mean, we can do I them with other people. The thing is, like, I'll recognize my cookies, and my cookies use an entire two sticks oh. of butter. Well, no. Yeah, that's what I mean. We'd have other people. Oh, okay. Okay. Other yeah, Phil. So... judge. Phil and I made some, we made some German cookies. Um, and then we made uh, the Toll House cookies. And he was like, two sticks of butter. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my mom used to make these in a double batch. You use a whole box of butter. Yeah. <laughs> get, get over yourself, you Europeans. <laughs> um, I ate a lot of dough. I did as well. And then I always freeze half of it because I, I actually, so these cookies I do like when they're like not hot, but like, I obviously prefer my chocolate chip cookies to be like fresh out of the oven. So I will well, always freeze half a batch so that whenever I would make them at, at home, I, I would, um, I would always make one really big one in the middle for myself. And my mom would be like, you can't do that. It does not going to cook the same as the others. <laughs> oh no we always did that and then I would well I would do it at the end and I would do it for my dad because my dad doesn't like chocolate chips what? which I kind of agree with him like on this dough like I like the batter like and whatever oh. the recipe says I do like half of the chocolate chips it's way too many like if it had all those chocolate chips I would only be able to eat like maybe one cookie and it'd give me heartburn that's okay that seems crazy I want the batter I guess it is a lot you mean the dough <laughs> both okay the best part of any chocolate chip cookie recipe is, at least in the Toll House one, you do butter, brown sugar, white sugar, vanilla. And I could literally just eat that. <laughs> so good. Did I um, tell you about the time? I was trying to make these cookies that were in, like, a sort of healthy cookbook, and I was just going to try them out. And it had a quarter teaspoon of molasses, and I was pretty young, and I misread it, and I thought it was a quarter cup. <laughs> Nothing was salvageable. 
a quarter teaspoon also seems incredibly small, but either way, that's really <laughs> funny. It's a quarter tablespoon, either way. Oh, wow. That's okay. One time my cousin was making crepes and she was like, they look a little eggy. And then she realized she had to put flour in them. My sister tried to do sugar cookies and she didn't put in sugar. She put flour in twice. Oh, <laughs> they were really solid, I bet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really hard. That's really funny. All right. So die hard. <laughs> we're going to be watching. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. So I am excited to see this one because uh, I think we talked about it last time. I've definitely seen bits and pieces. I have really no idea what to expect other than like Bruce Willis action movie. Do you know anyone else who's in it besides Bruce Willis? No. And not only that, but it's going to be really hard for me to not call him Kevin Costner or... Um, Who's the other, who's the one on your pillow? Oh, Nick Cage? Nicholas Cage. Yeah, it's going to be hard for me to what? keep all those straight. I, like, I, I, mean, I know that there's three distinct people, Cage, but, like, if you put them next to each other in a lineup, what? people would, you know, like, if you were, if you got robbed at gunpoint and they put those three in a lineup, it'd be really hard to be like, oh, which one? I don't know. I think that might be one of the most insane things you've ever said. <laughs> <laughs> They all have the same stupid hair. They all have the same kind of long face. Other than all this white movie, men. Other than this movie and maybe Sixth Sense, I cannot think of a single other movie where Bruce Willis has hair at all. <laughs> That's valid. <laughs> <laughs> the older Bruce Willis movies where he still has hair. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, you know what? I, I respect him for letting it go instead of getting hair plugs. <laughs> okay well i'm excited that i'm excited about someone who's in this that when they come in you're gonna be like what play i'm i'm definitely excited to see who it is and what else is in it i want to understand bruce willis in the hvac memes and ornaments and whatever <laughs> like i know they exist i know it's a scene i know it's from this movie I'm really looking forward to context. There are so many like good, good lines like that, that, that are so like, that are so like perfectly action movie cheesy and amazing. Like, it's great. I hope you, I hope you like it. And I'm excited to be, finally be able to debate with you once and for all, like if it's truly a Christmas movie, because like I've kind of seen the arguments on BuzzFeed and whatever, but I don't really have an opinion myself. I tend to think movies that happen around Christmas time can be lumped into that category. Like, I think Just Friends is definitely a Christmas movie. So I made there is a lot of there is a lot of stuff like none of the movie could happen if it wasn't Christmas Eve. And we can we could get into that later. Okay, there's a lot. Oh, it's like actually Christmas Eve. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So basically, this is just a riff on the Santa Claus. And Bruce Willis is going to kill Santa, and this is like the action movie version of it. Yeah, yeah, it's um, I mean, it's always a bold choice in a in a family movie to just kill Santa immediately <laughs> right in the beginning. But uh, I think you're going to see Die Hard go bolder with the Santa murder. <laughs> that was a terrific movie, actually. I should probably watch that this year. I haven't I've watched, watched that in a long time. Long time. Um. Yeah, no, the only other fun thing I know about Die Hard, because again, I read a lot of BuzzFeed, whether or not it's even about stuff I know. The only thing I avoid is Game of Thrones because I still haven't finished it. 
And I do know how it ends because for some reason, BuzzFeed put it in a headline. Oh, no. Like, I literally see Game of Thrones. I see the word Cersei. I see the blonde bitch. I see any of that. And I scroll, scroll, scroll. So I don't accidentally read anything. And somehow, who ends up as king ended up in a title. And I was like, and I'm even careful where it's like, oh, the top 20 twists and surprises from TV this year or whatever. If I'm like scrolling through that shit, I am careful. I was so mad. I think this wouldn't be an issue if while you were at work, you just weren't on BuzzFeed and you would do, just just see your work instead. <laughs> well, now I don't. I'm never at work. So I'm at home on BuzzFeed. Check, check yourself. Check Fair. your attitude. No. <laughs> How else would I bring you these fun facts, Andrea? Right, right. So this fun fact is going to blow your mind. So apparently Die Hard is based on a book. I don't know if you knew that. I love you coming at me with the fun fact about the movie that that you haven't seen yet. But That's okay, what I'm ahead. saying. I, like, I know random shit and it's all thanks to BuzzFeed. So don't knock it until you try it. Okay. Um, I, I don't have to try it. You've already consumed all the content, so you can just... You're uh, right. You're right. You know what? For all the people the that... Get, that are only going to be relevant to me. For all the people that get frustrated by my fun facts and my copious memes, like, it just means that I've filtered the entire internet for you already today. <laughs> and so, like, you don't even have to go look. Like, I should just have my own account where yeah. I take all the best memes. I know that I'm not together. missing anything by not paying attention to BuzzFeed because if it was important, Lorraine would have already shared it with me. <laughs> I go in fits and tantrums on BuzzFeed these days, but yeah, like, cause like now, like at this point, the quizzes and the things like they've all worn themselves out. There's nothing fun there anymore, but, um, you know, Don't they you still want to know some... what kind of upholstery you would be if you could be an upholstery? I mean, yeah, but like, I cannot, like, there's literally no more, there's literally no more Harry Potter quizzes you can interest me with. Like, <laughs> I'm Gryffindor because I decide I'm Gryffindor and I select things that are going to make me Gryffindor. You know, like, I'm always going to eat truckle tart yeah. because that's, <laughs> I don't, like, it doesn't matter. Like, I don't, <laughs> those aren't exciting anymore. I'm jaded. Um, they were very cool when they started years ago and now they're you know i'm just over the quiz but okay so here's my fun fact are you ready yes I'm at the okay, edge of my so, seat. let me just scoot right up so die hard was a book okay that's Didn't it that. no i'm kidding <laughs> that's boring so okay so it's based on a book series and the first movie apparently came out in the 60s and the oh. lead of that movie was drum roll frank sinatra what? So, because this movie is a sequel in the contract, it was required that the role that Bruce Willis took was offered to Frank Sinatra, who was at that point, like, in his, like, 70s or 80s, oh like, God. very old. Like, there's no way he could have, like, I mean, physically done the movie. <laughs> I think, honestly, that movie could work. It's just a comedy instead. It's very different. <laughs> It's a different kind of movie. So anyhow, they did have to offer it to him, but he respectfully declined because he was like, uh, well, 
<laughs> There'd be a lot we of already, work to make it look like I can still do this movie. We already did Die Hard with a fat guy. That's Paul Blart. So now we just have to do Die Hard with an old man. <laughs> it's probably too late for Frank Sinatra. Um, he's dead, but <laughs> I was so. going to say, unless we're doing like a weekend at Bernie's style. <laughs> <laughs> also it, it just reminds me of like so we actually watched the final born movie the other day so i think it's technically born number five because one through three are with matt damon number four is with i want to say gerard butler but it's not sure, gerard it's butler. Jeremy Renner. okay there it's you sure. go yeah the knockoff gerard butler oh, well so then there's a, a knockoff of potato face we can't get into gerard <laughs> butler no. I know you hate him, but I love him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to make you watch PS I Love You and I can't wait. Valentine's no. Day. Get ready. Did you do that? Okay, so anyway, let's get back to the movie at hand, The Born Identity. Uh, <laughs> is that <laughs> so? The, so, the board, so the, yes, there is a final Born movie. And the reason it makes me laugh about this whole conversation about Frank Sinatra is because I remember like an interview that Matt Damon was doing about the Born movies when he got to like, I think even the third one, he was like, these are really hard on my body. <laughs> and I think that's why they did the Jeremy Renner one because like oh. he was like, I just can't do this, guys. And then they yeah. had him do another one when he was even older. And I was like, poor so Matt Damon. The fifth one. Yeah, he is, but okay. he comes back for that. Oh. oh fifth one yeah <clears throat> yeah so i never saw the fourth one and i didn't see any continuity issues so whatever <laughs> i was like i never saw the fourth one because it wasn't worth it if it wasn't Matt Damon, right like, that's the point yeah 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 and julia styles makes a appearance again in the fourth the fifth one so uh, oh Okay, so um, there's my fun fact about Die Hard, and I think we that's should... That's such a great fact. I had... That's uh, that's hilarious. What was that movie called? The 1960s one. Was it called Die Hard, or was it called something else? Why would you expect me to know this? <laughs> because you looked it up. I didn't. Um, <laughs> um, okay, so Die Hard <laughs> is based... So Die Hard is based on a book called Nothing Lasts Forever, um do, 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 do. okay so nothing lasts forever is the sequel to a book called the detective which was made into a movie of the same name in 1968 so thank you business insider so yeah that was made in 1968 and then 20 years later the sequel die hard comes up um and obviously um frank sinatra was 73 so, so that wasn't gonna uh, if, you've been, if you've been crawling around an air vent he might not have been able to get back up. <laughs> it would have been like a very big air vent. Um, yeah, they offered it to Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, and then they got they got Bruce Willis. So. Oh, okay. I'm so glad it's Bruce Willis because he can like... Fit in an air vent. <laughs> well, he, he can fit in an air vent, but also like because English isn't his second language, he can say lines like and deliver them in a tone and stuff that like is that serves the moment like if you want it to sound like cool or funny or whatever and like Arnold Schwarzenegger can't do that he has one level where he has one tone where all of his words come out of that tone. are you are you saying that Orbi Bach is not an infamous cool tone I'm saying I mean that tone he but but the problem is he uses that tone throughout all of the jingle all the way as well and <laughs> <laughs> and kindergarten cop yes, yes that's what I'm saying. <laughs> 
Jewish. You're all Arnold Schwarzenegger. Every movie is Arnold Schwarzenegger as Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, it is. <laughs> okay, well, with that, I think we should go watch Die Hard. Um, I'm excited. I'm going to have all, right. all the context uh, for all the memes. I'm excited, too. Hello, we're back. We've watched Die Hard for Christmas, and uh, I I still have questions about the um about the title of this movie, but <laughs> <laughs> it's like very Bond esque, you know, like Die Another Day, or, you know, it's, whatever. <laughs> it's um, it is Bond esque, but Bond esque, but not as Bond esque as the name of the book. Apparently, nothing lasts forever. <laughs> Right, exactly. When I was like reading through those, when I noticed that when I caught that Frank Sinatra little factoid, and I was like reading through those, I was like, these books also sound like a Bond film. Right. I mean, this could have been the plot of a Bond movie, but there's no way James Bond would stay in one building all night. Okay. (laughs) So this is the spoiler segment of the podcast. So if you don't like spoilers, you got to tune out now. Uh, Okay. So basically, just the whole thing. Spoiler. Yes, precisely. <laughs> um, that's not going to be good for listenership. <laughs> but hopefully you've seen Die Hard like every other idiot has seen it, except me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I have to tell you. Um, okay, so I'll get to that at, at the end, actually. Uh, the, the little bits of things that I, um, that I thought were going to happen and didn't. Okay. Um, just because, like I said... I've seen parts of this movie and not all of it. And so I parsed pieces of other movies into this movie I think, <laughs> in my brain. <laughs> okay. Are we yeah. ready? Okay. So the movie starts off with uh, B-dubs <laughs> on a plane. And by B-dubs, I mean Bruce Willis. Mm-hmm. Not Buffalo Wild Wings. He's kind of afraid of flying, it looks like. And I was like, this is how French Kiss starts. Is he on an airplane simulation? But he wasn't. (laughs) Um, So because he's scared, the passenger next to him comments on it and and recommends to him to get out. Um, You know, when he gets off the plane, he gets the hotel, like, take his shoes off and, like, clench his toes like fists into the carpet. And it'll make him feel better, which kind of... I mean, I yep. guess that 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 maybe makes sense, but it's like, how is that supposed to help me right now in this moment while I'm scared of flying? While I'm already on the plane, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> okay, cool. I can't wait to feel better in, I guess, in an hour and a half s- when I get to my hotel and check s- in, or seven hours if he just got on that flight, like <laughs> flying from New York to to LA. <laughs> I think it was mostly afraid of the landing. I feel like most people are mostly afraid of landing, right? Oh, oh. I guess maybe but takeoff and landing are where most disasters occur and landing is obviously like more scary because it's like you are purposefully plummeting at the ground (laughs) (laughs) yeah Um, okay so then of course he lights up a cigarette in the middle of the airport and I'm like oh the throwbacks are so fun (laughs) oh well also he brought a bear for one of his kids which was just loose in the overhead bin and I was like oh so gross so dirty (laughs) Yeah, the smoking in the airport cracked me up. It was like, brought me back to childhood when there was like a smoking section in the restaurant. And you were like, what does this half wall do for anyone? <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I got really excited because we start getting introduced to characters. Like the, the credits start you know, to come. like a movie. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. The credits start to roll. You're so rude. <laughs> the, the, the credits start to roll. We don't see him yet, but I see the name Alan Rickman, and you're really excited. I, that Snape. was the one I knew you were going to be very excited about. Snape. In Snape. his um, Severus Snape. In his first film, de- Hollywood debut, he'd only done uh, like British TV in uh, theater before this. Really? That's yes. so funny. And it's like, this is like such a blockbuster movie. Yeah, except it's sort of, he was worried about it. Um, this like huge role as a villain and rightfully so because it, he, he had trouble later like not being ever not being a villain yeah well come on i'm sorry but with that face and that voice like it doesn't matter what like you're never gonna be the romantic lead sorry (laughs) (laughs) he although he looks extremely slick in the movie yes yes very deutsch yes um Okay, so um, cut to the cutest little girl in the world ever answering the phone for her mom, um, Holly. Yeah, yes, cool. yes, she's so cute. And she hands the phone to her um, nanny, who seems really sweet, and talks to Holly about setting up a spare bedroom for John, who's coming in. I would like to point out the extremely Christmassy name of Holly. So <laughs> I'm just going to sprinkle my arguments throughout. <laughs> sprinkle like little Christmas sprinkle snowflakes. Like, yeah. <laughs> like sprinkles <laughs> on a Christmas cookie. Perfect. Uh-huh. Um, so at this point, we don't really know. Like, we know there's a relationship, but we're like, are they divorced? Are they separated? What's going on? Their relationship's kind of up in the air. Yeah. Um, it sounds like um, we we find out that she got a job in L.A. and he's a New York police officer, so he doesn't want to just peace out. So the reason we find this out is because B-dubs hops in a limo and the limo driver is like, well, if it doesn't work out, I could get you a place to stay. And like, he's like way over helpful, in my opinion. Argyle. Um, his he's, name is Argyle, like Argyle yeah. Gargoyle. Um, <laughs> what is that? I don't know. It's just something people say. The Argyle okay. Gargoyle. Okay. <laughs> um, so... Argyle is the limo driver and B-Dub's like, I've never been in a limo. And Argyle's like, I just started driving one. So they're both very excited about the limo. Yeah. It's kind of funny. Well, it's um, in the front. like Yes. He's like, I can't sit in the back. I'm not. I'm pish posh. Well, I thought um, it was so interesting that the company sent a limo like to the essentially like estranged husband of their... But I... I kind of I kind of addressed that because I was like, this is a very confusing relationship. So um Argyle's like talking a lot to him and B dubs is like, you know, I don't want to talk. And he's like, I'm sorry, I used to be a cabbie and people want to talk in the cab. So I'm trying to, you know, he's like digging information out of him. Mm-hmm. Um so they get to the company. So what where we're going is, you know, B dubs is going to the company to see the his building. wife. Yes. Yeah, it's it's their Christmas party. Um and I'm just like loving all the hot new tech in this movie. So like he walks <laughs> into the building and there's like an electronic registry. So Argyle goes and parks in the gra- uh, garage like underground and then there's like an electronic way to like dial people down and let them know you're there. Although problem is 
um, John, i.e. Bruce Willis, cannot find his wife's name because she started going by her maiden name at this new well, company. Well, I was saying, so. like, in response to your comment about the tech, old tech, this mm-hmm. it's really not all that different now. It's just an iPad instead, and it's going to have nicer looking font. Like. Oh, I know, but it's like funny because it's like you know that like when stuff like that came out, it was so exciting, and it's like still like even though it's like a screen where you type it into, it's like an old school computer like monitor right. that's like sitting underneath a desk. Like it's just the funny way that we used to like make technology, quote unquote, look sleek. You know, it's like right. you're this giant TV, and you would put it in this giant console, and you're like, and you're like, oh, look how cool it is! It takes up a quarter of the living room, right? um but i was just loving it all the throwbacks um at this point i said i'm really wondering where the danger and action part comes in because this just seems pretty chill well Um, i i think it's so so the company's having their holiday party and i think mm -hmm. it's extremely inconsiderate to have that party literally on christmas eve like Maybe people have other plans and want to see family. Yeah, like <laughs> that family. That wild to me, yeah. Do Christmas Eve Eve. Yeah. Um, so like the office. Before. <laughs> yeah, well, and then there's like all these companies out here where they do it like months before or after because it's way cheaper. They're like, we'll just do a party. <laughs> then we don't have to worry about calling things holidays, whatever. Um. So, yeah, the office party looks baller. I did note, why did her CEO fly him in? It's like a weird, oh, surprise, you're doing such a great job. Here's your estranged husband. Like, that's right. literally what it was. Like, right. it was a surprise I, for I her. I think she, she's like the VP or something. Yes, she's like very high up. She's so basically she's really second high, in yeah. command. But still, like, that's a very weird personal, quote unquote, gift to give someone. Is like, surprise, your husband's here that you aren't really getting along with for Christmas. <laughs> Um, and at the beginning, when the little girl's talking to the mom, she's like, is daddy going to be here? And it's like, a, I don't know. So it seems like it's a surprise to everyone. Right. Um, and then the CEO and Holly and John walk into his office and there's just like a dude doing coke, like doing a line of coke yeah. on the desk. So it's just <laughs> like the most awkward surprise in the world. Um, and then Holly asks him where he's going to stay. And he's like, I could go stay at my former police chief. He moved out here. And she's like, that's so far away in L.A. traffic. You might as well just stay in the guest bedroom. Mm-hmm. Which, again, is a little sad for Christmas. But yeah. anyways, she's using her maiden name. He's not thrilled. Yeah. Um, so we see a truck pull into the parking garage. Um, and that's just going to sit there that's and wait ominous so, music and yep Argyle's just hanging out by himself down there literally watching the tv in the backseat of the limo he's living his best life down there <laughs> he's having a great time he's, he's like see awesome it's like new technology scene. back then it was like right. this is cutting edge i could sit here and watch tv all night <laughs> <laughs> um so a car pulls up and just shoots the front desk man and the elevator guy um and then the truck full of dudes pulls up um and they're gonna obviously pull off some type of heist but we don't know what right um they're cutting like phone lines and stuff and i saw like the, they all said pack bell and that made me laugh that's a throwback pack bell does not exist anymore oh what is, um, that? is, that, a, is that a phone thing i don't know pacific bell is. yeah turned into at&t so you remember oh. when the giants first built their stadium it was pack bell park i i don't but uh, okay Too young 
okay, baby Andrea. <laughs> okay, I'm so young. I'm gonna be in wrinkles. Yeah, um, that's me. I always say that. <laughs> and then I was like loving, by the way, that okay, so to me, I couldn't even tell you what the real song's name is. But the song that they use consistently, whether it's the string quartet that's playing it during the party or during an action sequence or during whatever is the stars theme song. And I only know it as that, but it is a Christmas song. The stars theme song. Movies, 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 movies. Oh, Ode to Joy. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And anyone my age will know that. <laughs> Stars has movies, all their movies. Oh, that's hilarious. That was like a theme song for Stars for a really long time. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then it'd be like, go order your Stars package. Um, okay, so they come in guns ablazing. There's like a lot of AKs firing off, but there's like no one down. It's like they must just be shooting the ceiling. Like they're doing a lot of shoot ceiling shooting. Like it's like, you fire off an AK for like five seconds. People are going to be scared enough to listen to you, but they're just like shooting and shooting and shooting. And I'm like, you're going to damage something. Right. Like, um, if you're, I, I, I want to make sure. And I think it happened before. So since it's, since it's important, I'll just say, yeah, she, they kind of get in that little argument over. She goes down to the party and he's in there cleaning up and he took off his shoes and socks to try and do what that guy on the plane said. Oh, yeah, there's, like, he does take off his shoes and socks and grips his toes into the carpet. And he's like, I do feel better. It did work. But it's going to suck for the rest of the day. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So then we get in there and we've got um, Alan Rickman, i.e. Hans Gruber, Mm -hmm. which I knew that name without knowing that name, which is funny. Hans Gruber starts monologuing and it makes me laugh because he's monologuing about the CEO of this company. And I'm like, what did you like found LinkedIn or something? Cause he's literally like this state to this state, Harvard, this state, to this state, <laughs> Yale graduate school, this he state to this state, me. this company. And I was just like, <laughs> he's proving that he did his pre heist homework. I know it's just, he could have just started LinkedIn and made money and not ended up. <laughs> how he did um okay so um they're rolling in the rest of the crew the crazy crew that's like popped out of this truck is rolling in a bunch of stuff so they've got like explosives and missile launchers and all the stuff that they're bringing into the building and i'm like what are they doing what they're trying to get at we find out is that they want to steal these bonds that are sitting in a vault, which is sitting in this building, which I still kind of think it's goofy that this vault would be on the 30th floor. Is it on the 30th floor too? <laughs> it's something like that, yeah. Of the building. Like, first of all, those vaults are super, super heavy. Like, is that's not the most secure place to have it. You would think it'd be like underground or, or like at a fucking bank. I don't know. Not in the middle of some high rise. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> but anyhow, moral of the story, there's a vault there. Um, and I also thought bonds were funny because like bonds are like pieces of paper, like for you to go claim them. You'd think that'd be like very easily trackable. So it's like, seems so weird. Cause like, isn't the way those work is that whoever is physically holding them, it belongs to them. Like, yeah, I don't think there's really like any paperwork behind them. So it's like, if I hand you one, you own the 
the thing. I think maybe I should have yeah, looked up bonds, but I don't know. It's fine. But more, my thing is like a bond for this company. If you know that this giant freaking heist just got pulled off, like they're gonna question it <laughs> <laughs> before they just cash it. You know, right? <laughs> anyway, um, so I thought it was interesting. So they are yelling at the CEO to give them the code because. They have this, they think the PC will open the vault or at least one of the steps that they need to do is like, you know, they've got apparently seven different locks on the vault and it's going to be I don't understand. I never understood why he didn't just tell them. Like, it was just money. It's not like he was like, it's not like there was something in there that was going to like hurt other, like. Right? Like, who cares? Just give them the money and we'll figure it out later. There wasn't nuclear codes or something that was going to ultimately hurt a bunch of people. Yeah, it was just money. <laughs> yeah, well, and some, like, apparently, like, what looked like Japanese heirlooms and, like, you know, they were, like, art pieces and whatever. But it was, right. like, still, again, like, I, when it comes down to what's your life worth, then, again, <laughs> let the feds deal with it later. Especially because they said he said he had five kids. Well, that and they said, the other thing that they said was that, like, this is, like, not even a drop in the bucket for your company overall. And so I was, like, Hans... Gruber is making an excellent point, Mr. Tagashi. Just give them a code. <laughs> um, you know, it's like they're trying to steal 600 million, but the company has 6 billion of something. You know, it's like yeah. it wasn't, you know, I mean, obviously it would suck, but it wouldn't be dead. Yeah. Um, so they actually do kill him. And I did note, so good point, because I noted, is there something more valuable in the vault that we don't know about? Like, I thought there was going to be some secret, like, shady you, enterprise that the company was doing that was also in the vault did you just skip over the main thing that that um john mclean hears the shooting and he goes running out <laughs> of the room he's got his gun I, in my opinion i would say yeah sure maybe he didn't have time to put on his shoes he had time to grab him he could have absolutely put his shoes on yeah he could have and, put him on, but even if you're going to say no, he didn't have time, he would have still had time to grab him and put him on later. There's I, That time will be worth it. Like, I agree. I agree. <laughs> Definitely could have grabbed his shoes. Yeah. Um, and then I did I did note, like, I love Bruce Willis, like, is having, like, a crisis and he's talking to himself. Yeah. Uh, because when he runs out, he sees them and he's like, why didn't you kill them? Well, if you killed them, then you'd be dead, too. So he's, like, having, like, a conversation he, um, with himself because he just has a handgun. He sort of crept into the room and saw, um, saw like the, um, saw Hans demanding, um, the code from Mr. Takagi. So that was what he was, and he didn't really do anything, but that's, that, that's why he's saying like, why didn't you, why didn't you do this or that? Like, but. yeah, he's bummed that he let the CEO get shot, but it's also like, you have one handgun and there's like 20 dudes with AKs. So like, you're not going to be able to out, um, out gunpower them. So, um, I just want to cut in for a bit because I think at this point we've seen all of the members of the heist. And I want to talk about my favorite heist member um, who, who I'll just say who my sister and I, when we watch this, we call him sweatpants, bad guy, because <laughs> everybody else is looking like Alan Rickman is slick as hell in a suit. This other guy's brother is in like a tactical half zip looking very villainous <laughs> and ready, ready to heist. And this guy is in gray sweatpants, gray crew neck sweatshirt. It's like, you got, it's like, dude, it's the big day. 
it's the big day of the heist. You've been planning this probably for months and months. And you're like, yeah, no, I'm going to wear this. That just, I think it's so funny. We like, so we'll be like, oh, sweatpants bad guy. He's like the first to die. Spoiler alert. But that's why maybe you should dress better. That's really funny because I don't know any of the names for any of the people. I don't know what his name was. I just went with not acknowledging well, I mean, any of them. And then I, I do have one one name for one other character. I just know a couple. There's um, Hans Gruber, Carl, Mei Ying. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Always Mei Ying. <laughs> I don't remember the name. I don't remember that guy's sweatpants bad guy's name. I don't need to know him. He's just the SPBG. That's easier. <laughs> <laughs> so... So, Lorraine, something else I thought of while I was watching this. Um, if you were a hostage and you saw all these German guys, tall German, blonde hair, come in, <laughs> how would you You just be like, let me just set my Tinder to a 500-foot radius so I can swipe right on all, of, on all of these heisters. They're all your type. What would you even do? You would go crazy. <laughs> You'd be like, yeah. They're like, hostage. Okay, well, I am going to swipe left on the SPBG because I've got to dress nice. <laughs> Give me the gun. <laughs> I'll help. <What>? So uh, <laughs> these yeah, are I my coworkers. Just... I don't like them anyway. I, I, thought of, <laughs> I thought I thought of you. I would. I was like, Lauren, we're going to date all of these guys. <laughs> she would get all. She would get all their numbers to, so she'd have backups and backups in case it didn't work out with her first few choices. 10 out of 10. <laughs> You'd be like, do any of you guys surf? <laughs> <laughs> That's not a requirement. That's just my own crazy boyfriend. Okay. So now that John, is it McClellan? McLean. McLean. Not, not McClane. the whisker. Whiskey. The whisker. Whiskey. <laughs> I'm going to call him John McCain at some point. <laughs> I know. I know. Let's just go with B-dubs. Bruce Willis. Okay, that's fine. Um, so after he's had his little like crisis, he's like, "What do I do?" He goes up another floor. So he gets up to another floor, and the building's like not totally completed yet. Under so, right? Yeah, but he sees a fire alarm and thinks that's a smart idea. And I'm like, "Yeah, that would be a really smart idea. That's probably your best bet." Um. And I don't think it would have worked in the elevator because they cut all the communications like out of the building, right. which is like, why wouldn't they have known to cut the fire alarm line? But either way, so he pulls the fire alarm. Um, unfortunately, it doesn't work because the fire people start coming out and the front desk man has like the code and the front desk guy's name so he just like calls the fire department it's like oh it's a false alarm mm -hmm. new building it's acting up don't worry about it and he sees all the fire trucks turn around and he's like no no come back yeah. so um right and then because they heard that the fire alarm they're like well somebody pulled the fire alarm so they mm -hmm. send up sweatpants bad guy to investigate yeah, and they, they know what floor it's on because the fire alarm tells you what floor got triggered. So they kind of haul up there. Sweatpants bad guy um, starts, like, fighting with him. And the Bruce Willis goes, I'm the police. And so he's like, well, you're not going to hurt me then because you're the police. and You guys have to follow rules, which made me laugh because I was like, no, 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 not these days. Um, 
<laughs> um, so then they get into a physical altercation instead of using guns, and Bruce Willis pulls him down the stairs and breaks his neck. So yes. sweatpants bad guy is dead. And unfortunately... Just goes, it's, it's like I always say. It's like I'm always telling you, Lorraine. If you look good, you fight good. Well, yeah, and you don't want to die in a sweatsuit. <laughs> all the um, things. And then uh, uh, Bruce Willis pulls off his shoes, but and he was like, of all the terrorists in the world, why do I have to kill one with feet smaller than my sister? <laughs> <laughs> right oh <laughs> uh, yeah so that was sad that he was like oh, i can i can have some shoes because he did yeah. foresee that not having shoes might be a problem i don't know how small they would have to be for your for for him to still choose to not wear them right i was <laughs> so like just, even if i had to like curl my toes up i still yeah, think it'd be like, better or at least like yeah. time to your belt for in case of emergency yeah <laughs> <laughs> um okay so um he now has a radio from Sweatpants Bad Guy. So he ties the terrorist up on a chair and I guess writes in his own blood on his sweatshirt. And, well, and he saw a little Santa like decoration and he puts the Santa hat on him because it's Christmas. It is Christmas. Um, and he writes on him, now I have a machine gun. Ho, ho, ho. And the way Alan Rickman reads the shirt is so, he's like, ho. So funny. <laughs> and so just uh, like, are you fucking kidding me with this? <laughs> Who would do this? <laughs> um, and so then we cut to the wife sitting in the group of hostages, like in the in their like where their party was being held, whatever, like a lobby. Yeah. Um, and she has this like friend who was like, I guess not friend, coworker who was like hitting on her before John showed up, and he's I think also the Coke guy. Yeah, he's a and guy. So he's like whispering in her ear and she's like, oh, if if that happened, like it means John's alive. And he's like, well, he's going to fuck this up. Right. And I'm like, oh, no, this guy is totally going to give away that she knows him. And then she's going to get like special hostage, bad treatment to try and get him out. Mm-hmm. But we'll talk about that as we go. Mm-hmm. Um, so now B-Dubs has a, a hold of a radio because he got it off of the terrorist that he killed. And he runs up to the top of the building and is on like a special emergency radio channel and is like, hey, um, you know, there's a terrorist like hostage situation going on at this building. And the woman's like, sir, this is for emergencies only. <laughs> like, at what point would you hear those words and be like, this is an emergency? Like, yes, do a little <laughs> bit of due diligence to like make sure it isn't someone fucking around. But like, she was just so sassy that I was like, um, one warning would have been okay but she was like really pushing it and he was like he said no fucking shit do i sound like i'm ordering a pizza yeah <laughs> um and then she keeps pushing back on him but the problem is the terrorists are also listening to this line so they now know that he's up at the top of the roof and he's giving them away and that they're gonna have to deal with the cops so they kind of know everything that's going on mm-hmm. so then we cut to um oh well the best part is that then they all show up at the top of the roof with their ak's and start firing and then they're like oh ow that hurt my ears maybe there is something going on yeah and, so yeah, and then she's like of- we'll send a black and white so let's send one guy in one car yeah send <laughs> one guy in one car after hearing machine guns because she still just wants to be like this is probably some kid fucking around yeah. it's like at least send two like yeah. at least send like backup one guy in a single car by himself who's like sp- about to get off <laughs> get yeah <out>. exactly <laughs> yeah. 
So the best part about this is that this is the cop is Mr. Winslow from <laughs> Family Matters. Yes, Reginald Vell Johnson. Yes, I'm glad at least you know who he is because I was like, ah, he's Mr. Winslow, which is funny because he's a cop on that show too. Yeah. Um. So they send poor Mr. Winslow. And I was also like, you would think like with, with a bunch of machine guns, like you'd think other people would have like reported hearing machine guns firing. Right. Like, like the I mean, I know this is LA, yeah. but yeah. Oh. <laughs> um, so roof. again, poor, poor B-dubs is on the rooftop barefoot going through all of this shit. Mm-hmm. And then he's like trying to get into the elevator shaft to kind of like move around the guys. And he's like hiding. And he has a gun, this uh, another machine gun that he's like holding himself up with. And then he's trying to swing himself over to like an HVAC area, which again, this is the HVAC scene that I've been like waiting for all my life. (laughs) But he's like swinging. And I was like, just watching this, like the whole shaft is just straight up stainless. Like it's just like, or I guess like aluminum. I don't know. It's metal. It's smooth. I was like, this is making my hands sweat. My hands are always sweating, but, like, I would have no chance of survival. (laughs) So he manages to, like, swing and almost die. And I was like, well, I would have been dead. And then the movie would have been over. (laughs) And at least that'd be less stressful. And he gets into the uh, the HVAC and sees that the cop is there. He, like, gets out to another floor and he's looking out the window. Um, and the cop has come in and has kind of talked to them and they're like, oh yeah, you know, these things are just like acting up and people are playing pranks. It's a new building. Like there's nothing going on. And he's going, you know, Mr. Winslow. uh, Very convincing performance, I thought, by the heister playing the front desk guy. Oh yeah. He's like watching football, which, you know, he doesn't care about like college football or something or maybe basketball. I don't know. Yeah, um yeah. what season is it it was college football he's like oh i got 50 bucks on this game or like yeah yeah, yeah he's basically ignoring the cop and the cop is like well it's pretty standard it's christmas eve what what could possibly be going on yeah so uh mr winslow goes to leave bruce willis is watching out the window and is like no dude no um and then he goes to break the window with the chair which i was laughing because the whole time in my head i was like why well, does he just start shooting out windows that would make it he, really obvious he has the great line when he's when he's crawling around in in the hvac he says come out to the coast we'll get together have a few laughs he's just like are you fucking kidding me this is what happens on my trip <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i was just i was just more like oh all of that makes sense now i like it um <laughs> But anyway, he puts a hole in the window, but I'm like, still like, why don't you just start shooting out windows? People will notice. Mm-hmm. Um, and at like one point, he even sees like a woman in another building. And I was like, you've got good aim. Just like shoot out a window. She'll freak out. Someone will call the cops like <laughs> either way. Um, so instead, what he does is he takes the um, the man that he killed. Well, yeah. wait, there's another funny line where uh, the uh, the cop is just driving around in a little roundabout that's sort of like <laughs> in the company parking lot, I guess. Yes. And he goes, and uh, John McClane's like, who the heck is driving this car? Stevie Wonder? <laughs> <laughs> and then um, he's like about, basically the cop is about to drive away. So then that's when he drops the body on the car. Yeah, which also made me laugh because I was like, that would have taken so much effort because like, 
as close as you want to make that sound, that's still like a hundred feet away from the building. Yeah. You would have had to throw that body so far. <laughs> um, <laughs> so the body lands on the car and then the terrorists are like, okay, well, gigs up. So let's well, take out this cop. And now the cop is like, yeah, yeah. So then he starts getting shot at and then another he reverses another, starts calling in lots of support another cool guy line from john mcclain says welcome to the party pal yep <laughs> he calls for backup the, the cop calls for backup and then um argyle is still just chilling downstairs doing nothing <laughs> yeah well yeah they have a funny scene i don't remember exactly when it happens but um john sort of says to himself like come on argyle tell me you heard the shots and call the police but argyle's like rocking out in the limo like listening to music super loud like so he did yeah, like not someone on the street would hear what's going on better than someone in the garage under a bunch of cement like <laughs> yeah i thought that was kind of crazy i was like yeah, yeah no he's not gonna hear shit <laughs> <laughs> um so then um Bruce Willis gets in a fight with more terrorists and he says, yippee ki motherfucker. So I don't know what was going on there. I just wrote that line down because I think everyone knows that line. I didn't even yep. know it was from this movie. So I was very excited <laughs> about it? it. Oh, that's funny. I did not know it was from this. <laughs> um, and then it gets used on him again later, which is hilarious when Hans says it. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> um, <laughs> And then Argyle finally sees what's going on, um, but he doesn't really do much. <laughs> he sees what's going on. Sorry. He sees what's going on because he's still watching the TV. And now there starts to be like reports coming in um, about this situation. And he's like, um, I'm in that building. <laughs> so he drives around and realizes that all the garage entrances are closed and he's stuck down there. And so he's like, well, I guess I'm going to hang out here. <laughs> yeah. Um, so now we've got the cops showing up and the LAPD chief is awful. Um, and then I had to go back and write deputy, deputy chief. Cause then it mm -hmm. gets clarified. And I was like laughing. I was like, it's like assistant manager. Also assistant um, to the manager. <laughs> also, uh, Reginald Val Johnson's character's name is Al, Al Powell. So up to you if you want to call him Al or Mr. Winslow. <laughs> he's gonna be mr winslow okay um okay so then like they're gonna come into the building and and um b-dubs is telling them like no don't do that like these guys have a ton of artillery and whatever like you're just gonna piss them off you just figure like, out a different four or five swat guys over and which cracked well, and then one of them, like, runs through a bush, and there's thorns, yes. and he's like, ow, ow, and you're like, whoa, we got some real, real tough real guys tough here. Real tough guys here. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny, too, because I was like, I'm, I'm reading um, I'll Be Gone in the Dark um, about the Golden State Killer. It's actually very good. It's, like, one of the best crime books I've ever read. Writ written. Read. <laughs> I was yeah, going to say you're... written, and then read, and then I was kind of come out written, and I was like, this is not working. <laughs> um. Anyway, it's funny because they actually talk about how they thought, like, he might be, like, former military trained for, like, covert ops where, like, they literally will be in the most, like, it, you'll go by them because they'll be in a blackberry bush. And they'll be like, I can sit in here. I don't care. Like, <laughs> so it made me think of that. And I was like, well, not this guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then 
Theo is giving them all intel on the cops. So Theo is the German, they're German terrorists, but then they have this like American like computer hacker that's going to get them into the vault. And so he's been working on the vault the whole time. He's hilarious um, and he's very sassy because yes. like basically he could like get away with being sassy. He's not a disposable bad guy because nobody yeah. else on the team would be able to do the hacking stuff. That to do does. what he's doing. Yeah. And so he's, he's saying he's giving them the, the tips on where the cops are coming into the building, like doing the night before Christmas. Boa. Yes. Christmas. <laughs> yep. So more Christmas sprinkle, sprinkle. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So they shoot these, um, cops that are just trying to storm in through the front lobby like that would have worked they kind of just um, wound them they don't they yeah, yeah. they didn't want to kill them they wanted to like make a point right um and so then the lapd's like bring in the vehicle and it's like and then like it's funny because hans gruber's like oh they have an rv yeah. um and then this this quote-unquote rv drives up to the building and like drives over a curb for some unforeseen reason. Like, I don't really understand what the point was. And it stops there. I don't know what the next plan was, but the terrorists use a lot like rocket launchers on them. Yeah. Um, and blow it up once and then blow it up twice, which seemed like overkill. Well, that's why John said, like, you made your point. You don't have to hit him again. But yeah, he was just trying to, I think, show, show force. Like, we have missiles. Stop fucking yeah. with us. Yeah. Um, I also thought maybe this is why maybe like movies like this is why people think that cops need to have tanks because like really in no situation do they really need tanks. <laughs> um, we don't have terrorists with missiles generally hanging out in L.A. <laughs> <laughs> um, OK, so then Theo's being sassy, sassy Theo's going says the quarterback is out um, <laughs> because apparently that was their quarterback. Right. Um so Bruce Willis gets ready to blow some shit up with C4. Um, and so he puts in some detonators and takes the C4 and drops it down the elevator shaft and it blows. And I think it was a lot bigger than he expected. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then it was really funny because like now the police chief is like mad at him for ruining the building. And he's like, there's 30 human beings in here. I don't give a shit about your building. Yeah. Um, and then we get to know a little bit more about Hans Gruber. Um, so he is a member of the Volksfrei. And so this organization is kind of like a nationalist organization. It is a real organization that apparently existed up through Nazi times. So oh, not great people. Interesting. And so they are basically like, quote unquote, believe themselves to be revolutionaries. And they want to fund their activities, I guess. Um so we learned a little, we learned this about Hans and then um, the police chief obviously sucks and Bruce Willis screams at him um, because he's telling him he's not running the operation properly. And then he starts talking to Mr. Winslow and by the end of oh, his little think, spiel says, I love you. Oh, and I think that's when he says... Um something like you're not in charge here i i am or whatever and that's when bruce willis is like i'm not the one who just got butt fucked on national television <laughs> yes <laughs> yes and i think even the um the terrorists laughed at that one <laughs> well um yeah and uh the the al powell also laughed 
<laughs> yes. Yes. He ha- yeah. And then he hands over the microphone and then he's, ta- he's talking to him. And he's like, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So then we get to the wife's coworker, the asshole cokehead guy who is named named El- Ellis. Yes. Um, and I'm assuming, so he's basically like, I negotiate deals all day. This is a cake block. It's, yes. I'm just going to go in there and talk to them. Like a very uh, slimy sales guy, but like. It's like a marina bro. <laughs> um, <laughs> so he goes in there and he's like, I can negotiate this. No problem. And then he's basically saying that he's John's friend. And so this is where I thought he was going to give up Holly as John's wife. But I was actually very surprised no, that he, he did it. He, um, yeah, he pretends like John was his guest at the party, not not Holly's. But um, yeah, because he was a... trying to get John to like come in because he thought John was going to ruin like everything, and like if we just gave the terrorists what they want, they'd go away. And so we need John to stop blowing shit up and ruining their plans. Um, so he was trying to get John to come in and was saying he right. was his friend. And I definitely thought, like, the best way to get John to come in would have been, like, we're going to put a bullet in Holly's head. So I thought Ellis was going to give him up. But, yeah. Uh, I have a couple funny things about this scene. So when he comes in, he says, Hans, booby. That, <laughs> um, that was ad-libbed. So when Alan Rickman has that, like, WTF look on his face, that is a genuine reaction. <laughs> I feel um, like saying that to Alan Rickman, he would not take any <laughs> also he suffers no fools (laughs) also he um uh when ellis sits down they like put a glass there and pour him some coca-cola and i wonder if that's because he asked if they had coke the only time the only thing ellis gets to eat all day is coke (laughs) (laughs) so they just poured him a coca-cola because they were like i mean we have this (laughs) (laughs) um but so now hans knows uh john mcclain's name yeah, and also the other thing that like, they really want that John stole at one point off of one of the um, terrorists he killed were detonators. Right. And so he has those, which means their whole plan is not going to work if they don't have the detonators. So he's trying to, Ellis is trying to get them to get John to give them the detonators. And then I said, oh, thank God they killed Ellis um, <laughs> before he gave away the connection with Holly. So that was good for us. Also, yeah. he was just annoying. He was insufferable either way. So then Hans is on the phone with the police chief who's completely incompetent. And I thought it was hilarious that he starts requesting just random things. And he's asking that all of like, again, because he's part of this like national nationalist, German nationalist movement. He starts asking for releases from like other extremist groups. But he's just like randomly requesting. And like one of them was like in South Africa or something and is... His uh, counterparts were like, what? He was like, I read about them in CNN or something like that. Or yeah, Time yeah. Magazine. And it was just like totally random things that he was asking for international just... countries, you know, other countries to release these people, which would be very hard to do. <laughs> right. It's all just bullshit. He's just kind of trying to get them to scramble around and buy time. Exactly. Himself, so, yeah, he's like, I saw it on CNN. Yeah, that was funny. So now is when the FBI comes in and they have the hilarious line. Um, there's two two FBI guys walk up and the one guy goes, I'm Special Agent Johnson. This is Special Agent Johnson. No relation. <laughs> Which is so like, why is a line like that in this movie? That's so funny. Well, and the funny thing is they're one is like white and one is black. Yeah. No relation. So 
it was just like so then like there'll be later where um there's a he one of one of them was making a call and he's like this special agent johnson no the other one (laughs) which is also funny because it's like that with the no relation it's like i wouldn't even assume two johnsons were related because that's such a common thing right it was like schwartzky then i would be like yeah or something crazy like papa listen yeah why did i come up with a random name (laughs) you definitely could have just used your own (laughs) (laughs) yeah if there are any other pop listens are related to me so (laughs) um okay so then we we get to hans and b-dubs meeting face to face um b-dubs is still barefoot that's a highlight and hans is begging in a really awful accent He's English. pretending that he's a hostage. That yeah, he's like, I'm a hostage. Don't hurt me. Don't hurt me. Don't hurt me. Because he's pretending that he thinks Bruce Willis is one of the terrorists. He definitely overdoes it. Yeah, yeah, definitely overdoes it. And then Bruce Willis just tells Hans that he's a cop from New York. They start smoking together. He gives Hans a gun. Wow. And at this point, I write, what the fuck is wrong with him? Where are his police instincts? And then my next note is, oh, he knew and he gave him an empty gun yeah um (laughs) but then there's a bunch of terrorists that come up the elevator following so um it turns into quite the melee and hans and brother terrorist are the survivors so when i talk about brother terrorist brother terrorist is brother to sweatsuit terrorist that gets killed at the very beginning and his name is Carl, and after Hans, he's kind of, like, the the main bad guy. Like, there's Hans and then yeah. Carl, who's, like, yeah. Except the problem is Hans is, like, you need to take the emotion out of this and stop yeah. trying to hunt this guy because you're ruining up the rest, you're ruining the rest of the plan. Just stick to the plan. Like, Ignore Carl this just, dude. just wants blood, yeah. Yeah, so Carl's been distracted. Um... But now that he knows that he's got no shoes on, they're like, shoot up the glass, all the glass, and there's tons. It's an office building, right? And the yeah. glass offices and rooms and whatever. Um, so they just shoot a shit ton of glass, thinking he won't be able to move. But of course, B-dubs is a baller and walks right through it <laughs> and escapes. <laughs> and they're like, and again, they like don't try to chase him, which you're like, there'd be a really bloody trail it'd be pretty easy but they're like whatever yeah, well, we need to get back to our shit i don't the bathroom. yeah yeah like I, we don't care about this just get back down to main ops do what you gotta do right we cut back down to the hostages and his wife has um she's done some negotiating and she's gotten like a couch for a pregnant lady and they're all kind of like hanging out a little more comfortably she's like we need to go to the bathroom things like that but she's talking to this woman because, like, the, the guys are pissed off and she's like, it's good because it means John's still alive. But she keeps telling people that she knows him. And I'm like, one of these people is going to sell him upriver. So you need to stop telling people that you well, know him. Is, is this is this when um, she says, like, oh, John's still alive. Only John could make someone that frustrated. Yes, exactly. <laughs> only someone that only John could piss someone off that much. Um, and I was just like, yeah, I was like, you got to stop making, like, you're an easy target for them to, like, take hostage. You need to stop reminding people of that. Um, and then we cut back to B-dubs in the bathroom cleaning his bloody feet. And I said, yikes, there was, like, grossed me out. 
um, where he's trying to pull glass out. Bruce Willis says that even now that like scene makes him a little squeamish. Oh, really? Yeah, there's a lot of blood, which is realistic. Like it would be nasty. So we cut back to the terrorists and they are on the um, getting down to the final lock. And so the fi- there's like seven locks and Theo has been working on all of them. They're drilling through it. There's all this stuff. But he's told him at the very, he told Hans Gruber at the very beginning, I can't do the seventh lock. That's like some magnetic field, whatever. And that gen- that's like, you know, a power thing. Like I, I can't do anything about it. So right. Hans Gruber finally discloses his evil plan all along was that at this point, because of all the terrorist activity, we needed the people to know because one of the things they do will shut down the electric electrical grid. So like the power so, grid, yeah. They're gonna shut down the power grid. So he um, like yeah. So Hans wanted them to shut down the power grid. That was like yeah. And so he basically needed the cops to get involved at some point. Like this was an amazing plan that he had. It, it definitely would have worked if John yeah. wasn't there. Yeah, and I was like, I'm genuinely interested in what's in this vault now because I, in my mind, I'm still thinking there's got to be something better than bonds if like the yeah. CEO died for this. Right, um. Right. Okay, so then Bruce Willis is in the bathroom taking care of his feet, and he's having a bit of like a and is a little bit of an existential crisis, which is fair in this situation. Um, and so he's telling Mr. Winslow that he needs to tell his wife for him that he's sorry and that he should have supported his hashtag boss babe because he wasn't being supportive of her career and he was being kind of a dick. And I I think Mr. Winslow is like, you're gonna tell her yourself, but. I'll take that. Right. Um, also, at this point, he's kind of rude to Mr. Winslow because he's like, what are you doing? You know, you're just pushing paper across the desk. Well, what's wrong with you? Um, and Winslow tells him about um, earlier in his career, he shot a kid that had a gun lookalike. And so he couldn't pick up his gun after that. So that's why right. he's just a paper pusher at the department. Right. We cut to the reporter. So, like, throughout, there's been, like, this, like, underlying um, plot line about this reporter that wants in on this story. And he's been there from the very beginning. And so, like, that's how Argyle saw what was going on. But now he's being a total asshole. He's at the McLean's house. Yeah. And he's being a jerk to the nanny who's like, no, no, they're not home. You can't talk to them. And he wants to talk to the kids, and he's like, I'm going to call ICE on you. He basically, like, threatens to call immigration on her, which, fuck yeah. you. Um, and then he also is like, this might be the last time they can talk to their parents, which is, like, extra mean. Right. Um, so then, so that's how he weasels his way in there. Okay, so Bruce Willis finds all the C4 and sees that there's they're all set up to, like, blow the entire top of the building off. And he's like, ooh, shit, didn't understand this part of the plan. Um, and then we also cut to back to the news where the terrorists are watching and we see on the news that the kids are talking and um, say, mom and dad, please come home. And they realize that Holly knows John and Hans Gruber's been sitting in her office and picks up a photo and sees John and is like... That, like, moment, like, when when it just, like, clicked for him, he turns around, pulls up the photo, is, like, so... Co- I just, like, love that that moment, like, his face. Like, he, he just was, like, such a good... He's such a good actor. Alan Rickman, like, 
just the, just like the look on his face like when he's like oh my god <laughs> <laughs> i have i have a um uh checkpoint here checkmate yeah. um checkpoint <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so we cut to B-dubs seeing all this stuff and realizing he needs to figure out a new plan so that the entire building doesn't get blown up. And he encounters brother terrorist, i.e. Carl. That yes, what you called Carl. him? Yeah. Um, brother terrorist is kind of kicking his ass. Um, He's a and lot then, bigger. <laughs> yeah. And then Hans Gruber gets on the radio and basically tells Bruce Willis that he has his wife, but he doesn't know that because brother terrorist took his radio away and is going through this crazy fight so this is another issue where brother terrorist i.e carl is ruining the plans for because of his bloodlust for bruce willis yeah he like basically shuts off the radio yeah to to ignore what he's being told to do yeah and bruce willis gets shot at some point um apparently it's just a flesh wound and then he wraps a chain a flesh wound yeah he wraps a chain around brother terrorist's neck and basically hangs him. Um, yes. And I said, so now, so now, one of the um, demands that Hans Gruber has is that the 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 cops need to send helicopters to the top of the roof so that the um, hostages can get taken off the roof by helicopter. Seems inefficient, but okay. Yes, yeah, so he um, said you like he he says that what what he's gonna do is take all of the hostages to the airport which yeah like is obviously ridiculous <laughs> yeah well and it's like he needs the hostages in order to like eventually get out of the country or something right so he needs to like keep them until he can get to like a mode of transportation so mm-hmm. that that's the that is what you would think is happening um and i said what an exciting night you had a really cool holiday party you got taken hostage and then you're gonna go on a helicopter ride <laughs> That's a um, lot for one day. Yeah. Um, so then Bruce Willis knows what's going on in terms of blowing up the roof. And so he is screaming at all of them to get off the roof and they're not listening. So he starts firing his AK. And then this, this whole time, the police chief and the FBI are like, oh, Bruce Willis might just be one of the terrorists just screwing well, around. Well, uh, and the, um, the FBI guys are kind of, uh, they're circling in their own helicopter and one of them has like a sniper rifle and stuff and they're thinking they're going to try and take out the terrorists when they get up there i think yeah so he's up there shooting in the air again looking like a terrorist terrorizing the hostages telling them to get off the roof because the roof is going to blow and he's also looking for his wife because he doesn't see her there so he's panicking um and so they all start kind of running down and um he manages to get them all off the roof and then the terrorists blow the roof up. But before they do that, John has taken a fire hose, wrapped it around his waist and jumped off the building. Yep. Um, and I was like, his poor feet with the glass because he's trying to I kick know. his way back into the building through the glass. And then he has right. to shoot a window out so that he can swing himself into the building. And I was like, his poor feet. They're like, <laughs> they've got to be like mincemeat. Um, and while the building is exploding it also blows up the fbi's helicopter and takes them down yeah and then there's a really funny line by the uh, deputy police chief on the ground he goes 
oh, looks like we're going to need some new FBI guys to go too soon. <laughs> we're going to need more FBI guys, I guess. <laughs> too soon. And then we cut back to Argyle, who is still just chilling in the garage. But he's also paying attention. So um, he... He gets a little hero moment. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so they've, like, turned off the power. Um, and they've, like, started pulling all the stuff out of the um, the vault. And Argyle sees them getting into an ambulance, basically. And he rams Theo in the ambulance um, to stop him. So, mm-hmm. good job. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then I think, Andrea, we get to the um, the final showdown with Hans Gruber. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so Hans has taken Holly, and John goes to get her. You don't know what he does. You see him glance at, like, a roll of duct tape, and then... Yeah, and he only has... He notices, like, he's, his AK is out of bullets, and his handgun only has two. So, right. you know, he's got... So- brother terrorist and Hans at least that he has to challenge so he walks up and and Hans has Holly and he says um and Hans basically tells him to put down the gun so he puts down the empty gun he puts his hands up and he's going like like laughing maniacally and then Hans is also laughing and they're like laughing and acting crazy and then um Hans just or um not Hans and then John McClane grabs a gun from behind his back and, and shoots and shoots Hans. And he well, kind and of... they're kind of laughing because fucking Hans Gruber in his accent goes, yippee ki motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> what, what is it you said to me? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, he, so he shoots Hans, and Hans is standing by a window holding on to Holly. And he shoots Hans quickly, and then he shoots Terrace brother. The Terrace brother was the guy who got hanged. Oh, 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 oh. yeah, so it's just another it's just guy. like a, it's just like a, oh, 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 this terrorist is like the, basically one of, one of the only ones left over. He was the one who was being the front desk guy. Okay, okay. So he gets shot, Hans gets shot, Hans has like a death grip on Holly, so he's almost dragging her out of the window. Um, takes B-dubs a little while to realize, and then he like jumps down and gra- tries to get his hand off her wrist, and I was like, he could be a rock climber with this they both have incredible <laughs> grip strength um but then he unclips her watch and that well, makes Hans and that, fall and that watch um we forgot to mention it before but that watch had been given to her by the the scummy guy uh, ellis in the beginning he had said to john the like, rolex yeah, give from the gift from the gift from me or gift from the company or something it's it's a rolex yeah like he just like acted really douchey about it yeah. Um, so then basically that watch gets thrown away <laughs> yeah we've got some like white collar blue collar animosity going on yeah um, so and basically in order to get hans off of her um he unclips the watch and hans falls out the window to his death dramatically okay so then we're we cut to everyone being reunited and talking to police and everything um there's like some very romantic fucking music where um, B Dubs meets Mr. Winslow. It's pretty cute. It's pretty cute. They like they they lock eyes. They each well, I mean, obviously, obviously Al Pell knows that that's John McClane, but then, but then Bruce Willis uh, is like, it it was you, and they and they. It's always been you. A, it's always been you, and they have a very cute, nice hug. So then everyone's like happy go lucky and whatever, and then. 
brother terrorist comes walking around out. And I was like, how did he get down? He was hung by chain, like a chain in a thing. And he was there for a while because then when all of the hostages are running off of the roof, they're walking by his body. So it's not like we saw him hung there and then he disappeared. Like he was there a while. Uh, I mean, he just used sheer anger and vengeance to not die. He like flexed his neck and it broke the chain. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. <laughs> but I guess it makes for a good ending because Winslow, Mr. Winslow had said he could never draw his gun again. And he pulls out his gun and shoots him right away and yes. saves the day. It all comes full circle. And uh- then in a great power move, Mrs. McLean. Um, the reporters come over to talk to them, but she knew what happened with the reporter talking to her kids and she was pissed. So she decked him right in the face. Yeah. And then um, I have my final note, which is usually my note on movies that we do. Uh, mm-hmm. It all works out. <laughs> uh, it did. It all worked out. Yeah. We got rid of Ellis, the slimy guy at work. Yeah. Um, basically, Mrs. McLean, I would assume, is getting a promotion. Yeah. Uh- <laughs> Oh, too she soon ne- again. She was, too soon. she was next in line. Um, yeah. And next hopefully, in line for the throne. <laughs> and hopefully Bruce Willis picked up a few bonds on his way out of the parking lot. <laughs> right? Well, they all exploded and came floating down. So, like, that means that, that that money is as gone as if Mr. Takagi had just given them the codes. Like, that's, like, that's how much the money is gone. So, like, this all could have been... <laughs> Yeah, nothing. maybe they can just reprint them. I don't know. But yeah, it was yes, funny maybe. because... I don't know how they work. Yeah, so we didn't really talk about it. That's my bad. But, like, the plan was for them to blow the roof off so that the cops thought that the robbers died. Yes. And, and they, they were, were like, you're not going to chase someone they, that you think is dead. But they were going to secretly escape. Yeah. Um, um. So that was the whole point of blowing the top off the building. So that poor building's got a lot of work to redo. Right. <laughs> One of the notes that I have is that I thought that there was an airplane involved and not like the airplane at the beginning. I thought there was like a, a scene where he was like falling out of like the back of like a cargo airplane. And then I was like, well, it could be Die Hard. It just might not be this one. Yeah. Yeah. That might happen in another one. Okay. So that was something that I thought was going to happen. I was like, where does the air? I was like, we still have to go to the airport and we're at like two hours. Uh, <laughs> but it never happened. <laughs> um okay yeah so that's die hard um okay i have a couple i said most of my fun facts during but i have a couple more funny ones all right um one of them is that there were 17 undershirts in different stages of degradation that um that like the costume department (laughs) had (laughs) he does look he's very dirty by the end of this which i thought was funny Uh, another funny thing is that um you know throughout like Hans Gruber is calling him the cowboy, you know, acting like he's Mr. All-American Hero, mm-hmm. when in fact, Bruce Willis is more German than any of them. Uh, he was born in West Germany. So oh, I did not know is, that. And, you know, I mean, Alan Rickman's English and the other ones are, I think, other, I didn't, I don't know exactly, but other European. So he is the most German. Say they all actually look like funny. very like um, Danish. Like, <laughs> <laughs> they looked very Nordic. So, um, but uh, yeah, that was my those are my those are my two last fun facts so that's funny i did not know that about bruce willis yeah and you didn't have any issues with that insane thing that you said before we watched the movie he did not call him kevin costner or i didn't because i realized his initials were v-dubs 
<laughs> so I hope that doesn't bother bother anyone that I just called him that the whole time. <laughs> um, okay, well, shall we get to your rating? Yes. Okay. Will you never get this time back where you just entertained but probably won't want to watch it again? Or will you tell other people, parentheses, not that there is anyone else to tell because everyone has seen this movie, <laughs> close parentheses, to just watch it? Um, I will tell other people to watch this and I thank you again so that I can, you know, take my movie elitism one more notch. Uh, (laughs) So you liked it then. Okay, good. I was like, she can't not like this movie. Like nobody, nobody doesn't like this. (laughs) There was nothing to not like, although there, that, what was that? The plot hole about just like Mr. The CEO. I was like, I thought. I think it would have been better if there was some shady thing that was in the, you know, in well, the Well, so one of the things, one of the things I read was that um, they wanted to, I think the director or maybe the screen, whoever wanted to, they, they didn't want it to be like a terrorist thing. They wanted it to just ultimately be about money because it makes it like a little more lighthearted, you know, for, for, for Christmas, like it's a little easier to. It's a little easier to, like, it's a little less scary when it's just them wanting to steal it's money rather money. than wanting them to steal something to blow up a country or, or, or something Well, like I didn't that. expect it to be like that, but I expected it to be, like, some documents that basically said, like, you know, like, exposing, you know, yeah, something, yeah, you know, like, like, something that scary. was, like, more personal that was, like, you know. That was their, that was their reason. Some Jeffrey Epstein level shit, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um... So then, I guess my next question, Christmas movie or no Christmas movie? What's your verdict? I think it counts as a Christmas movie. Um, so so my other reason why this is a Christmas movie is because it has to be Christmas Eve for Hans's plan to work. Because he needs all those people to be there late. Like, to so he can have all those hostages and he can have the CEO and demand the code. And, like, so, because like, I think that that's, like, a big reason like that's like because like it has to be christmas eve or or i mean maybe it could have been something else some other reason why they were going to be there late but like there's a lot of christmas stuff throughout the the santa hat now i have machine gun ho 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 so um, that and then like all of the other stuff being like you know like they don't have like the a-game people on on christmas eve so it's like there's a reason you got the deputy that's you know like (laughs) that's a good point that's a good point too yeah um yeah so I'm so that's nice. I'm glad you agree with me on that as well. Although I was ready to debate. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do think it counts. And I think it's one of those movies that you would like want to go back and watch. Like if that's like your tradition to sit down and watch it at Christmas. I yeah. think it counts as a Christmas movie. Okay. So Lorraine, what will I be watching next time? I'm actually genuinely excited about this one because I forgot that it was on the list and I was set up to give you another one that was a little bit uh, more questionable. Um, But this one I'm really excited for. Um, We're going to stick with Bruce Willis and we're going to watch The Whole Nine Yards. Oh, okay. I don't even know what that is. So, Okay, if you haven't seen this movie, it's honestly one of my favorite movies that are... There's a lot of famous people in it. It's hilarious. It's kind of along the same lines. It's like not, it's a, it's a comedy, but it's also like 
mafia crime whatever like there's stuff going on so it'll be a fun one um Bruce Willis. Other than months ago when you asked me if I'd seen this and I said no, that is the only time I'd ever heard of this. Otherwise, I have no, I don't know anything about this. I so. honestly don't know how you don't know about that movie. First of all, it's great. Second of all, there are so many famous people. There is even a sequel called The Whole Ten Yards. Oh, that's funny. Okay. So I think you're going to like it. I think you're going to be thrilled by the surprise celebrities in it that you, if you've never seen it, that you don't know. Um, it's definitely a throwback because it's like, you know, people that were famous in 2000. It's, it, it was released at the Millennium 2000. So right. <laughs> great. I'm excited for this one. It is a comedy slash crime. So okay a little bit along the same lines and bruce willis does seemingly still have hair in this movie so (laughs) yeah yeah i wanted to say um i actually looked it up after i made that comment he absolutely has hair in the first three diehards so i love that you checked each one is it just recently that he doesn't like is it just in my mind that he really he's always had like very it's always been thinning so it's always been really short anyway so i mean i still stand by what i said like if if you put them in a lineup now they don't (laughs) he probably doesn't have hair in the lineup there are some great people in this movie i'm just like looking at right now i'm very excited okay very fun that'll be a fun one okay okay i'm excited all right i'm looking forward to it um, but this was fun, Andrea. Thank you for Die Hard. That was great. Okay. Well, thank you guys so much for listening today. We appreciate it. Um, if you have any recommendations for movies or questions or comments or anything, um, you can reach out to us at justwatchitpodcast at gmail.com. Or you could DM us or follow us on um, <laughs> justwatchit underscore pod. Um, we have some fun content over there. I honestly think I'm a few episodes late, so you'll get a few posts in a row if you go subscribe now. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) And if you could rate, review, and subscribe on, you know, if you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen, um, that would be much appreciated. It helps get us more um, recommendations on the apps and more people will listen. All right. Well, I'm Lorraine Popolison. I'm Andrew Tomlinson. And this was Just Watch It.